sure if I was going to go through with it because it's, it's a growing 11 miles and 17 obstacle courses um, that includes jumping off of a ledge and swimming and um, mm. being into an ice, uh, ice tank, just, just foolishness. But uh, I'm always up for a challenge, and it was a, a, a good way to kind of challenge myself. Um, did it with a team that I trained with on Tuesday. They're part of the um, the lifestyle gym that I go to. So uh, just really great people, great energy. Um, it was certainly uh, an uh, inspiring uh, accomplishment for me. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. did do it um, with a, a little bit of a heavy heart. My uh, friend Sean yeah. and I found out um, uh, the night before. Um, so definitely praying for her and her family, and, and I definitely had them in mind throughout the race. Exactly, and and our condolences to her family. I saw that, and I was devastated because we. I just saw him, you know, at that. What was it? The Super Bowl party? Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl party mm-hmm. yeah. was there. Um, was looking forward to uh, to seeing him soon, and he just recently got his um uh, his certification as a personal trainer. So she's wow. devastated. Her her family is devastated. The funeral tomorrow. So definitely keep them in your prayers that mm-hmm. they are um in your thoughts that you know they find comfort and and somehow is able to get through it together. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Our prayers with her and her family. Yeah, so um, how was the rest of your weekend outside of that? Um, I couldn't move after 11 yeah. miles and 17 <laughs> obstacles, but <laughs> I uh, I was able to pull myself together a little bit today, and, um, and I went to the gym and did a little bit of cardio and legs, but my entire okay. upper body still hurts. Um, so I haven't been able to do too much since. Right, but it yeah. was good. It was a good weekend. 
Yeah. I would go pretty good. I didn't do a whole lot. I did uh, work out and I, you know, went out to eat with some friends at some point. But I, I want to – I don't have all the details, but I'll be performing at this fashion show. It's a fashion show and entertainment mixer next Saturday. I don't know the location because I haven't been going to rehearsals. <laughs> but uh, and so I got a call. Are you still in the show? Yeah, I'm here. Wait to me. Well, the thing, all right, here's the thing. I thought the rehearsal was Saturday. So I'd act, after, you know, I got up early, I went exercise, and um, and then I, uh, I went to, about to go to the shower so I could get ready for the for rehearsal. And then I looked at my email to see where they were holding it, and I saw those actually Sunday. And so, you know, Sunday, you know, I start getting anxiety about Mondays. So, <laughs> so I was like, I'm not spending my Sunday at the rehearsal. So, oh, my God, uh, Steve, you're going to have to figure out a way to not allow the fact that Monday is coming up to no, interrupt your weekend. That's just well, not anything. No, I wanted to enjoy my Sunday. That's the thing, and I wouldn't have enjoyed it at rehearsal because the thing is I don't feel like I need to go to a rehearsal for that. If one thing, if, um, because it's, I'm not walking or anything, I'm performing. And, you know, I, rehe- I rehearse all the time, you know, um, and then also they're having a sound check an hour before the, the show. So I'll be able to rehearse okay. there, you know what I mean? So okay. I didn't feel like I really needed to go, but but he called me. So it's gonna. He called you mm-hmm. what? Asked me if I still in the show because I haven't been in a rehearsal. I had to run some kind of game, but I'll be there. I will definitely be there Saturday. Look forward to it. I'm singing my new single, XR theme song, on my way. My new single, which is coming out later in May, uh, I'll be performing that song for the first time live. So I look forward to that. But um, I'm opening the show. I'm opening the show, so it's a big deal. I'm excited about it. But um, you can go to. You can go to um, my Facebook page or my website, stevenknightmusic.web.com, for more information on how you can uh, get your tickets and, and, and uh, show support for the entertainment and fashion world here in the world. And what That's date not, is this again? This one, Saturday. This Saturday? Mm-hmm, this coming Saturday. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Adam, CK, what's going on? Hello, hello. Hey, what's going on, CK? Hey, Miss Parker. Hey. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Um, not too much with me. I'll uh, kind of start us off with the movie I saw this week. Yeah, hey, Adam. I didn't hey, hear you. Hey, Parker. How's it going? I spoke a little low, but uh, I'm here. Don't worry. Awesome. <laughs> um, I saw Transcendence, which came out actually not this past weekend, but I think the weekend before. And it's the uh, Johnny Depp movie about this uh, scientist who's working on some kind of AI system. And um, basic premise is he gets uh, shot, and the only way to kind of keep him alive is moving his um, his self or his conscious into this computer system. And um, it goes along with that. Um, so it was an interesting movie. It's uh, the premise was kind of cool. It uh, reminds me of a lot of uh, I've seen sci-fi episodes like this, uh, like transferring your uh, physical form into a computer, and then he connects to the internet, and he kind of becomes all-knowing and kind of can control things and things like that. Uh, it was a little all over the place, but the visual is really nice. It's uh, done well. You know, Johnny Depp does a great job. Morgan Freeman's in it does a great job. Uh, there's a lot of great acting in it. Uh, just the story's a little all over the place. But um, worth watching. I think it's a rental, though, uh, in my personal opinion. I don't know um, if you want to spend, you know, 10 bucks to go see it in the theater. But Johnny Depp does good, as usual. So, um, yeah. 
And okay. luck would have it, Adam and I saw the same movie. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for me, it, it strikes a, a little different chord with me just simply because I, I ultimately think that technology is going to be the end of us. So <laughs> this movie falls yeah. in lines of what I think is going to happen in our future anyway. Um you know, the fact that he put his consciousness inside of the computer, and I'm sure that we've, we've all seen these movies where computers basically take over everything because we've fixed it so that computers control everything. I mean, if you mm-hmm. think about it, you know, we have alarm systems that are tied into our power, which are tied into um, uh, the way we run our home. You know, it's tied into the electricity. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. seen that, but even Comcast has a whole situation where you can basically control your home by remote control. That's, That's very scary. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. this whole movie and the premise of it, you know, struck a chord with me just because I think that we are going down that road anyway. So I give it a thumbs up. I kind of agree with Adam, though. You could save it for, you know, home and a DVD, but it's definitely a good watch. It, it makes you think. Yeah, and it looks awesome. I think uh, whoever the director was, uh, which actually he's, he works with Christopher Nolan on movies, he, he got the visuals right because it definitely looked impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think coming up that you looking, looking forward to? Spider-Man. Well, you know, we're, we're approaching May, so this is the launch of summer movies. Okay. Uh, like Spider-Man Adam, Adam just mentioned, Spider-Man and X-Men, mm-hmm. and yeah, those are going to be the kickoffs. Yeah, okay. it'll be okay. it'll be it'll be a good May. Good May, good May for movie uh, viewers, movie viewers out there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, as always, we appreciate you. Have a great week, okay? Thank you. Absolutely. Too. All right. Aaron, what's going on? Aaron, what's what going up, on? What up? What up? What up? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I know you do. How, how you feeling? I'm good, man. Um, just. Hey, Miss Parker, y'all. I, man, I was so tired today, man. I was dozing off on the dang going metro train today, coming home from from, from work. Long day. I'm telling you, the long day studying for final exams tomorrow and mm. writing twenty five page papers, and it's it's wow, it's yeah, it's intense. It's getting it's cool life. Well, yeah. we we know. Everyone's talking about uh, Donald Sterling. What, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on, on that whole situation? All right. Well, before I actually mention that, I want to um, give my heartfelt condolences to the uh, Ramsey family, mm-hmm. Dr. Jack Ramsey, who um, who is a true legend in the world of of basketball. He um, mm-hmm. passed away today at the age of 89. I've heard this man's name since I was like a little bitty boy, Dr. Jack Ramsey. Did not know who this man was, but, uh, but, 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 uh, but I always heard, heard that name. So I actually thought that he was the one that invented basketball. Of course he wasn't, but I always Mm -hmm. thought that he was whenever, went back, back when I was, back when I was a kid. So again, um, shout out to, um, Dr. To Dr. Ramsey and his family. All right. Um, yeah. So back back to this whole Sterling thing, man. It's, hey, it's, I, 
let mm, it's it's uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. You know, it's 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 just wow. It's it's heavy. It's heavy. I mean, this man, you know, and and I and I'm sure that this man has has probably smiled in Magic Johnson's face and like, oh, mm-hmm. Magic's one of my great friends. He probably bragged, bragged about him knowing Magic Johnson and 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 everything, and and then to just talk about him like a dog like that. I mean, yeah. well, it wasn't even talking about him. It was talking about. Well, I'm just talking about that particular part. Yes, well, mm-hmm. he kind of was. You know, I mean, it was it was heavier heavier than Magic, but Magic was kind of the catalyst of it, like because of right. the picture that, that the girlfriend was in with Magic. Well, with this particular conversation, obviously, you know, obviously, um, from the from listening to the entire tape, obviously he had warned her prior to that. So oh, what yeah. happened? But the the tape is very long. CNN played it yeah. all night. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened was supposedly he had someone watching her Instagram. So every time she posts a picture of her and, and another celebrity and a celebrity at the Clippers game, um, this conversation somehow comes up. And that's mm-hmm. why he said, I don't want to keep having the same conversation with you. People are to keep telling me that you keep posting pictures of blacks. So the Magic Johnson thing was something that um, was one of the conversations. I think that's when she decided to go ahead and just start taping it because it was getting out of hand. Um, right. I mean, I know that I think maybe your segment and my segment could probably merge at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talk about this a little bit too, but mm-hmm. I think I I don't racism doesn't doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. I, I guess I guess because I know there's hate out there, it's sad, but it doesn't surprise me. I think what disturbs me about this guy is I feel like his racism is his hate. It comes from a very evil place. He reminds mm-hmm. me of slave owner mentality, where you sleep with a black woman. Back in the slavery days, you know, read your history books, they would sleep with black women, have children with black women, and, and kill those black women's husbands, and even sleep with their own children. Like, that's yeah. that where you hate black people so much, but you are laying down with a black woman, which his girlfriend is, his mistress yeah. is black. Mm-hmm. You're laying down with a black woman. And you are you will sell her offspring, kill her husband, kill her entire family, but claim to love her. That's right. to me that's evil. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the type of mentality he has. He sees no wrong with that with that concept of I love you, but I don't have any, I don't have to love anything that's attached to you. Exactly. And that's making that's and making billions of dollars off the backs of black men. So it's it's kind of like the uh, like, black men. In the fields, your bucks, so to speak, out there working, uh-huh. making he all your like money. He's doing them a favor. He's like with the black favor, women. Right. Yeah, yeah. He said, because she said, you have a team full of um, black players. And he said, well, I give them clothes, I give them cars, I give them homes. Where do you think they get all this from? It's from me. Right. Which is so I mean, backwards because actually he's getting his money off of them. They're not, you know, it's, it's – this man needs to go. I just, yeah, the, the, and that's not, I mean, that's not the, this is not the first time that he's mm-hmm. done this kind yeah. of stuff. You know, the, the, yeah. the entire, um, apartment situation where he mm-hmm. had to pay okay. the uh, largest lawsuit at the time or whether, yeah, it's, it's, he, dude, well, he, 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 he refused to lease and rent to, um, 
to non-white minorities, right? From him saying this stuff, and another thing I wanted to bring up too, one of my friends brought up a really good, a really good uh, uh, point that you know the NAACP had awarded him an award about a year ago, and the NAACP awarded an award when he has a history. It happens, yeah. it happens, it happens once or twice. Anybody right. good man and see that he has a history of racism. Mm-hmm. And so why do you why do you award somebody like that? NWCP should have enough researcher, should have enough knowledge yeah. to who they're right. awarding. But my but this is what my friend my friend said. Whoever whoever uh, uh holds the money, holds your finances, controls you. So even the NWACP is being controlled by racism and racist people. Exactly. They can't uh, even say black but because they're being controlled by people who are giving them money. That's exactly. the only reason they awarded him is because he 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 uh he he was sponsoring some charity in the hood that they that they are a part of or somehow involved with. But you didn't uh-huh. check out to see who he is. Exactly. Exactly. And now, and he's also getting a tax I'm sure a um a um tax break yeah, off of the fact that he's supporting that charity. So you know he's doing that for a business. Ex- yeah. yeah, expense. Yeah, it wasn't like he wanted to do that cause of he loves, you know, that cause. He was he, doing it because it helped his bottom line. Point exactly. line, period. He who, he who controls yeah. your finances controls you. And I found that yeah. very sad that they, the NWC was disturbing. It is. You, somewhere that they were giving awards to a racist, and it was that easy to find out that he was a racist. Right. Yeah. My Google. Yeah. Quick question. Just so, Google him. So what what should because obviously he owns the, the team, so the NBA can't really uh, punish him. Right. What, 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 how should he be punished? What, what can be done really to, to, you know, to get back at him or to, you know, to they make can him – They can force sorry. him out. They can force him out. They can force they, him out because the premise of, of being an NBA, NBA uh, team owner, you have to follow some moral code. And okay. there are some documents that you sign saying that all of these things – that you are going to follow these moracles, you can't be forced out, and he should be. Yeah, he, well, he would have to sell the team. That's, I guess force him to sell the team. Is that right. Okay, okay. Yeah, because wow. um, I believe that, um, like, if if the overwhelmingly the overwhelming majority of the owners in the league, I guess, if they was to vote for him to have to be, you know, asked whatever, I'm, they're, I'm sure, just like Miss, Ms. Parker said there has to be some kind of clause or something dealing with morals and, and ethics and um, that that an owner could be forced out or but if the league to the, uh, most. The players and, and the fans certainly can. If the players are and the fans could do it, right. Just don't yeah. support the team. If, Just if don't the buy any products. The players can get their contract uh, amended. Um, they, they can refuse to play. And then also the yeah. fans don't show up. Yeah, yeah, and 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 sponsors, sponsors, sponsors are even pulling yeah. out. They've already started pulling yeah. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it, but this also tells you this man's character. I mean, which a lot of people I think kind of they might brush over it, but kind of lightly. This man was was just blatantly flaunting his mistress around. This mm-hmm. man's married, you know, and he just has his Everyone knew that he had this girlfriend while he's married. And I just found it also fascinating to me that his wife is suing the girlfriend because her husband spent money from their Great. business on Great. this girl's gift. Right. I'm like, why are mm-hmm. you suing the girlfriend? That's that's so 
vindictive and and it kind of tells you the kind of people that they are, him and his wife, you know, well, especially him because he shouldn't have even cheated on his wife. I mean, that's just a whole moral marriage thing. But the fact that his wife on top of that would sue her, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, it's it's all just disturbing. It's, uh, and then this man, for him to not like black people, he has one of the darkest tans. I've seen on, <laughs> on the person. I mean, he's brown to the max. Yeah, yeah. And so well, I he is. Also, uh, what was I say? Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, the last game that they had, uh, he didn't. He he agreed not to show up. Um, but show his up wife there. showed. His wife was there. His wife was. She still came to the game. Yeah, which I thought was kind of yeah. interesting. She anyway. should have been there. I, I just yeah she she needs to have like several seats too. Um, they they it's, he needs to sell go ahead sell sell this thing because this is not going anywhere. This is going to get worse for him and the Clippers before it it gets better. That game that the Clippers played the, yesterday that um they just got blown out mm-hmm. by the Warriors. Their minds and their hearts were not in the game. You can see it. You can yeah. just see it. They I think that they are. Their uh, psyche is just shot right now. They are done. And yeah. and it's so sad because they're such a great team. The Clippers, to me, were really just going to be doing big things this year. Like, they could have been that surprise NBA Finals team coming mm-hmm. out of the West because, mm-hmm. let's face it, Oklahoma City is not playing great ball. Neither is San Antonio. The Clippers could have yeah. easily came out of there as is Portland, who Portland is my surprise team coming out of the West this year. I to come out of the Western Conference going to the finals. That's okay. I say Portland Heat. Um, but, yeah, just disturbing um, story. Just, I mean, just wow. Wow. It's It's been a really crazy week of old white racist men. I mean, last week it was that uh, rancher, Clyde and Bundy, saying – about the black people should, that they didn't know how to pick cotton, and, and that's why they're in the, in, in the situation that they're in today. And now this man, with he don't want blacks at his games, but it's ah, wow. it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, I want to just mention also, um, congratulations to LeBron James and the Miami Heat. They swept Charlotte, so mm. they swept them four 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 games to nothing. So um, they're just waiting on the winner of the um of the Nets Toronto Raptors game. So um sh- shout out LeBron, D Way Bosch, good job. Also, um I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. The Atlanta Hawks who are um, playing now in game five, you know that the series is tied two games apiece. The Hawks had a thirty point lead in this game and now they're they're up by E 11 points with five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah, I, I'm like, is the Pacers that bad or the Hawks that bad? You know, to have a to, to have a 30 point um, to to just to be down 30 points against the Hawks, who are not a good team, and okay. pretty much stumbled into the playoffs. And the Pacers are on record the best team in the East. On record, they they they're they're um, better than the Heat. On record, I'm not saying that they're a better team because they are not. But on record, they are they are the number one um, seed in the East. 
and they were down by 30 points by the Hawks um, to the Hawks. They'll probably end up winning this game. The Pacers, I, I just don't think that that the Hawks will actually um, hold this lead just be, just because they're the Hawks. But um, that just tells you either how bad the Hawks are or how bad the um, Pacers are. Just wanted to mention that. Um, that's pretty much it, man. What's going on in the world of sports, man? This um, this um, Sterling thing has, has just taken over. It's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's massive. It's massive. So I'll be waiting to hear what what the um, NBA says tomorrow about um, further action that it's going to take. So, and once I hear about it, I will definitely talk about it next week. All right, everyone. As always, appreciate you. And I'll be Thank you, brother. Tomorrow. Oh, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. All right. All right, Aaron, get some rest. Thank you, Ms. So, Parker. Appreciate it. Ms. Parker, anything else you want to discuss in entertainment news? Um, do we have time for anything else? Yeah, we have, we have a few minutes. We're doing a commercial. Okay. I just read an article earlier um, about a cop in um, in Tennessee choking. He was called on camera choking this college student they were arresting. What the, I mean, what, uh, is, what is wrong with him? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't understand. Mm. Like he's just like they're putting the guy in handcuffs. He's not fighting or moving or anything. He's just sitting there, and this guy is just standing in front of him. The other cop just stood in front of him and just start choking him. I, mm. I like, and he choked the guy until he passes out. That's crazy. I, I just can't understand people. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. What made you think that was okay? You walk up and do. I'm about to choke him so he passes out. Like what? <laughs> what made you think that was okay? Entertainment news, quickly. Beyonce and Jay Z are going on yeah. going third this uh, summer, so you know the tickets are already. Uh, oh, sorry. Excuse me. I'm so tired. They're not on sale yet, but I'm yeah, sure somebody hands on them, and, and they're going to be probably crazy. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be a good show, but getting tickets should be um, something else. Um, well, c- congratulations to Beyonce. She just completed her M- Mrs. Carter World Tour, and uh, she grossed over $200 million and um, is the highest paid black entertainer of all time. She just wow. uh, became awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Congrats. Did you watch uh, Housewives reunion part two yesterday? Yeah, kind of. I was just, you know, I was still recovering from my run and um, right. yeah. out. But yeah, I watched, I watched most of it. I just wish Cynthia would just let go. Yeah. I don't understand why people try to hold on to friendships that are not working. I just don't get yeah. it. I've never been that person, so for me, it's kind of a foreign idea. Like I don't, I, it doesn't click for me. If it's, mm-hmm. if friendships are not working, I let it go because I meet people all all the time, and sometimes friendships are just they stop where they're meant to stop. Yeah. You know, if it doesn't allow you to grow, if, if it's not uh, being a positive thing in your life, then why hold on so tightly? And I understand people have bonds. You can still love somebody from afar. Um, yeah. I think Cynthia is just, she needs a backbone. She needs mm-hmm. to just let go. Obviously, Nene doesn't care. That's not the friends that she needs anyway. So Nene being in her life is not going to be any good to her because Nene is not a good friend. Mm-hmm. So and, and my, I, my, my I thing is, I'm just like, just let it go. Yeah, yeah. My thing is, if you have problems with everybody, like you know, everyone on the show, needs had a problem with everyone on the show. She needs to look at herself sometimes. You know what I mean? I mean, I yeah. know that a lot of it, you know, is what it is, but she's always the catalyst in most of the arguments. You know what I mean? 
Right. right. I mean, I know a lot of the stuff is, is scripted, but I think a lot of right. the feelings beyond, this, beyond a lot of mm-hmm. what goes on is real. And yeah. I always had a negative energy about Nene from the first episode of, of Housewives, Atlanta. I never mm-hmm. liked her. She's not a good yeah. person. I understand why people deal with her. She's just not a good person. She's not a, she, doesn't, she doesn't have any good energy or any good vibe mm-hmm. that comes up. So not loyal. Yeah. If I was if I was Cynthia, I would just you know let it go. Obviously, it's not healthy for her. She's not a good friend. It wouldn't. It's not going to matter. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, uh, before we go to commercial break, I want everyone to go to our Twitter, the Stephen Knight Show S H O, and answer the question of the day. What would What do you think should be done to Los Angeles Clippers owner Donald Sterling in retaliation of his racist rant? And we'll read your response at the end of the show. But we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Sizzle Richards at this. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Stephen Knight Talk Show. On EOTM Radio. The Stephen Knight Show, Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Rising Out the Ashes of Depression is a candid and relatable short tale on Amazon Kindle by a new author, Isma Richards. The author gives a humorous and insightful look into her struggling immigrating to the United States from the Caribbean and how difficult it was for her assimilating to a new culture. Her resulting depression is a humorous platform to showcase the after effects of her depression of her personal life. Please help me welcome Ms. Isma Richards. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Isma. You know, let me tell you, before we get into the interview, Isma and I go way back. Isma, her brother Colin, her brother Colin and I were childhood best friends. We lived in the same neighborhood. Nice to always be over there. Isma was like a big sister to me. Um, I remember one time. Well, we're in the fridge, by the way. uh, (laughs) I remember one time I almost almost got accused. I was accused of stealing from the mall. It wasn't me. It was the people I was with. (laughs) And I was too scared to call my mom. And I called Isma. Please come get me. (laughs) So I'm so glad to have you on the show. and this interview kind of originated from a question of the day, which, you know, we ask every day on my Facebook page, and it was about would you ever write a story about, you know, based on your personal life. And it must, had, had written, uh, you know, Rising Out of the Action of Depression, which I had, I had no clue, and I knew I wanted to get you on the show. So tell us about what was your inspiration for writing uh, this, this story? Um, I suffered from depression in college. Okay. And it was, um, I, I don't know if a lot of my friends know that because, you know, your friends, they know a part of you, but they don't mm-hmm. know everything about you. And um, I met somebody recently and I realized how closed off emotionally I had become mm-hmm. um, because of the depression. And so then I, you know, I realized, you know, I'm, I'm, overcoming depression, but at the same time, I'm still letting depression kind of rule my life because, I, you know, I was still 
not opening up myself to people because I was so mm-hmm. scared of um, going back into depression because depression is such um that that triggers the depression. Right. Yeah. And ever since I've come out of it, I've really tried to maintain like a, an even level and not let anybody upset my my level sort of. So mm-hmm. I kind of stay away from people because of that. And you know, when you talk to people in relationships, it's always like, oh, one day I'm so happy, and then the next day mm-hmm. I'm so sad. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't think that, you know, that's something I wanted to go through because I, I just had this fear that it would put me back into depression. So um, I met somebody, and then it just kind of made me think, you know, Maybe at this point I'm ready to move on and get out of this prison that I've been in. So then I started writing it. It's very short. It's it's like a train ride length, and I think at some point I'll try. I'll you know when I have time I'll expand on it. But it was just something that I I had in me that I needed to get out. Okay. So when you were going through depression, did you know that that's what it was? Did you know why? No. No, okay. and you know what's weird is that I was a psychology major. Wow. And I I studied depression. Not only that, when I first started college, um, I had a couple friends who had gone through depression. I had okay. one friend which, who tried to commit suicide um, my first year mm. in college. And so it's not like I was um, unfamiliar with it, but for some reason I never looked at the symptoms I was having as being depression. I thought I'm stressed out and I thought I just I'm studying too much. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just I really just thought it was stress or that I was burned out from school. And right, yeah. um it just kept it it just kept getting worse and worse and I stopped going to school. I would mm. stay in my bed and if my parents were home I would get up and go to school, but I wouldn't go to class. If they weren't home, I would just stay in bed. It it just started getting so hard to even pull myself out of bed. And um, it got to the point where my dad walked in on me one day, and I was just crying because that's basically all I would do is just cry. And my dad walked in, and and, um, and he took me to the doctor. And they said, oh, she's, um, she's suffering from clinical depression. Mm. So then um, they started, they put, sent me to, but at okay. that point, my, my depression was so bad. I mean, it, it had gotten to the point where it was so bad that therapy alone really didn't work. So okay. then I, I went on medication. So it was a combination of medication and therapy, which really got me out of it. Wow, wow. So once you were out of the depression, I know you said you went to that kind of grace period where you just were too, you didn't want to interact with too many people, you didn't want to go back to that place. What was it that made you finally free yourself from it altogether? You know, I don't know if I'm free from it. I I, okay. I would like to say that I am. I, I was thinking about that earlier, and I, I think I actually started writing in, uh, on it in my book. I don't know if... I don't know for other people, but I don't know if you really actually get over it. I, I feel like, and I, I wrote in my book, I feel like like it's um, like I'm in remission okay. right okay. now. I, I feel like um, like it's not something that completely goes away. Um, mm-hmm. so, so for one thing, 
it leaves behind so many scars. One of the things with depression is that you have this this self-critic that's always yeah. talking to you and telling you mm-hmm. you you stop, you're horrible, you're ugly, you're not lovable, and that really brings your self-esteem way, way down. And that's not even if you come out of depression, that's not something that goes away, you know. So even now, I mean, like a part of my sneaks to to help counter the way that my mind thinks. And, you know, so even when my mind is telling me that part of me that's saying, I know that's depression, I know that's mm-hmm. not that's not true. But then there's, of course, there's another part of you that still believes it. You know, even though yeah. you know it's not it's not real. So I mean, like I really I I don't know. I think you come out of a major depressive episode, but I don't know if you actually. And I think you learn to cope with to cope with, with it. Yeah, with cope with it. But I don't know if you actually ever come out of it. You know. Okay. Okay. And so, how how are you managing it? Are you still in therapy? Or you you know what are you doing? No. Okay. It's been it's been. 13 years since I, I was on medication. I was on medication for, I was on medication and in therapy for about five years, which is a really long time wow. for me. Yeah, it is. And yeah. then I, 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 when I, when I really thought that I'm okay, I'm fine, I, um, I had to be weaned off of the medication, mm-hmm. the antidepressants. And then, um, really now it's just about the, the techniques that you learn in therapy, um, and and the support system, you know, I have a really yeah. strong support system because I'm an introvert. I don't go out. You know me. I don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm, all, yeah. I'm, I'm always in, and that's not a good thing for 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 um, people with depression. So one thing, I live in my head a lot, and and depression is a lot about the mind. So you have to really bring yourself out into reality. And my friends do that a lot. They drag me out of the house even mm-hmm. when I don't want to go out, you know, and so. And I learned to, like, part of my therapy is when you start to say negative things about yourself, you have to figure out a way to change whatever you're saying that's negative into a positive, you know. Yeah. So they're just little techniques that they teach you, you know, and just, just come out. I just have to come out of my head more often, you know. Well, you know I, can, I, I am fascinated by your story because, you know, knowing you as long as I did, especially I see you almost every day, you know, mm-hmm. we were coming up. It's like you never know that Pierre Isma, if you haven't seen a picture, a gorgeous woman, very smart, <laughs> very great personality, and you just wouldn't He's know such someone. A sweet talker. It's true. It's true. You never. <laughs> I had a crush back in the day, you know. <laughs> so don't tell Colin. Don't tell Colin. <laughs> but but I'm saying you would never know that you know this is something you're going through. So when you, yeah. when you, I think that's part of the coping, coping um, mechanism too. Because mm-hmm. I think what I do a lot is, if my friends will tell you, I'm like, if we go out, I am the funniest person. I talk mm. a lot, but mm-hmm. it's really, it it doesn't come naturally to me. It's a it's a coping mechanism that I feel like I have to do that because okay. if not, I'm gonna go the complete opposite way. Yeah, yeah. So once you release rise not dash of depression. What was the, some of the feedback you got? Oh, really, really, really great. Um, my friends, um, and they told their friends and, you know, their friends, and um, really, really very good. The, the um, A lot of it was surprise because, as you said, 
if you know me, people would not think that I've gone through this. People right, don't know yeah. that part of, about me. So a lot of it was people who know me. And mm-hmm. I, I've, I've, I've had a lot of good feedback from people that suffer from depression. Um, mm. You know, because everybody's story is different, but there are yeah. always these common um, bonds. Um, that you can you read into, and it's good to. I, I think a part of the reason that I did it is that you don't know if you're going through this, you don't know what other people are feeling. You don't know that other people are yes. feeling the same way that you're feeling. You know, and it's so good, it's so reassuring to hear that somebody else has gone through something like this and that they've come out of it. I've never been ashamed of having depression, and I know people that you know, family members that would rather that I not say that I suffer from depression, mm-hmm. that I not mm-hmm. go through this. But if you do that, it's saying that you're at fault, that, that this is something that you did, and it's not something that I did. So right. I don't feel exactly. like I should have to not say anything about it. It's a part of who I am. It's the reason that I am the way that I am right now, you know, the mm-hmm. reason that it's just, it, it's made me, and I figure God gave me the depression mm-hmm. to make me into the person that I am today. Exactly. So, you know, and, and that's, I just want other people to take that away, that you can come out of it, even at that point that you think that you're not going to believe me. I've gone through that. I have felt like this is just it. I'm not coming out of this. But you do, wow. you know, you just, you just need the support and you need to talk to somebody to, um, to, to get out. Wow. Well, Rising Out the Ash of Depression is available on Amazon Kindle. Also, there's a link on our Facebook page, the Stephen I Show. Isma, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your incredible story and sharing your story with the world uh, via your, your book. So thank you. Much thank success you. to you in the future. Much thank you, and thank you, and I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. I really do. Thank you, Mama. All right. I will. <laughs> okay. Bye. Thank you. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to The Stephen Knight Talk Show on EOTM Radio. Monday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. International R&B sensation Kareem Boriana is a hot music producer, singer-songwriter based in Switzerland. On stage, Kareem's remarkable voice gives you the shivers, and together with his live band, he is sure to keep the house rocking. He has enthused audiences as an opening act for many notable artists, including Grammy Award-winning Neo. Please help me welcome Kareem. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, hey. How y'all doing out there? Thanks so much for that introduction. Yes, um, sir. Thanks for joining us. to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely thank you for, uh, for joining us tonight. And I know that you're, you're currently on a promotional tour right now. How's that going? Exactly, yeah. Uh, I'm here since a month. And um, I, I I switched management. Um, I, I I met this beautiful um, manager Susan Dilworth from Dilworth PR, and um, okay. we just decided we just decided to extend um, the whole music thing that I'm doing and 
get straight overseas, and that's what I'm here for. Atlanta is a beautiful city, and um, mm. we had a lot of um, interviews, promo shows already um, around the city, so I'm, so I'm very happy to be here. Wow. Well, we're definitely glad to have you here. So tell us about how was growing up in uh, Switzerland. Switzerland? Your... My, my home base is a beautiful country, um, but it's very small. So, so if you want to do, um, if you have international ambitions, um, then Germany is, is is just one of the neighbor countries. France is there, Italy is there. So you have um, a bigger territory when it comes to all of Europe, and Switzerland is pretty much in the middle. So, um, you know, that's that's one part of the world where I'm placing my music, where I'm working. But um, I always wanted to come overseas, and I found the right management and person to do that. Um, wow. So, so that's why I'm there. But Switzerland is a beautiful country, but it's just very, very small. It's like um, I think Georgia has more people living here, actually, than all of Switzerland. So, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so who are some of your earlier, uh, your early influence, childhood influences musically? Oh, there's there's many, but but there's like one word, and it's called Motown. Um, ah, Motown, yeah. the Motown era. Um, you know, my parents they were they were great uh, lovers of, of of soul music, and and mm-hmm. they had a really big collection of LPs at home. And as a as a as a kid, as I I just always wanted to be like Michael Jackson, and I've got mm-hmm. all of this Motown influence. So that's the biggest musical influence that I had, and then. You know, rock music. The rock music era came on, and and um, R. Kelly was was always a big inspiration for me as a songwriter and composer too. Um, wow. Lenny Kravitz, Phil Collins, you know, like those people that that reinvented music. Kind of Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. was a big rock group for me. I have an older sister, so she she kind of you know also had an influence on me musically. Terrence Trent D'Arby, if anybody remembers this. Big big man with a big big voice. Those mm-hmm. those kind of are, are are very very inspiring and kind of role models. Prince. <laughs> Prince. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so so tell us how you obviously you had your influences. When did you start singing and when did you know that you were good and this is what you wanted to do? Um, probably around ten eleven years old. I always danced. I always mm-hmm. danced. Michael Jackson thing, and I remember my parents would would invite some people over. It's like, oh, our son is dancing, so I'll be t- dancing on the table in the living room, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, but then, but then I kind of recognized that I had a singing voice, and I also, um, you know, growing up with the the Swiss German language, the German language, and also English, because my dad, um, you know, only spoke English when he came uh, to Switzerland. Um, it kind of also inspired me to to write lyrics at a young age already, and um, it, with 12, I, I, I wrote my first sort of song or lyric, and and I had um, this record player where I, I was always on, on the run and on the search of instrumentals, which was not so easy, <laughs> like, um, yeah. um, you know, 10, 10, 15 years ago. It's not like today mm-hmm. you'll find every instrumental. So if I mm-hmm. found one, I would I would try to sing the song on that instrumental and record myself, and that's how I kind of found out. Wow, I actually sound pretty good. You know? <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I found out. Okay, and so you start performing, and and what's the reaction when you first start performing? Do you remember your first performance, your first live performance? 
Um, yes, I do. Um, it's that was um, a local gig in my hometown, and um, my first crew. I had a crew there. I wasn't um, solo. I had a crew. We had this hip hop crew, and I was the singer of this hip hop crew. We had a break dance um, combo. So we had like we tried to bring back the four elements of hip hop. Actually, that was our goal. And our first performance was in my hometown, and I was multi nervous, like mm. crazy okay. nervous. But um, <laughs> but I, the, the reactions were were very positive, and 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 that made me confident for the future. Definitely, that was um, kind of important that I that I found out that that reaction was very positive. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been you know opening act for a lot of big artists, including uh, Neo. How did that happen? Uh, Neo was in Zurich. Um, so um, I was, you know, kind of establishing myself as an artist in Switzerland, and and that just fit perfectly well. So I opened up for him, and um, I also um, opened up for Montel Jordan, who I appreciate oh, wow. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he he was amazing, very nice person. He's very um, nice. He's been on the show. Very he, nice guy. He, he he actually came up to me when I had sound, when I was at Soundcheck, and I have this uh-huh. song song called Love Kitchen and I, I was just on stage and I saw this like really tall dude and I'm like that Montel Jordan? Oh, that's Montel so he comes up right. and he's like I like that song what's it called Love Kitchen <laughs> I, 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 it's, I'm not making this up yeah like uh, that's that's my memory <laughs> I will always wow right now that is, yeah that's kind of kind of um, a very sweet memory um because he also like that during that time, uh, let's ride and 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 all of those tracks like they inspired me a lot. Mhm, mhm. So, um, what do you have? What are you working on currently? Do you have anything that you're working on at this point? Um, yeah, I'm, uh, right now I'm in the studio with El Rock. El Rock um, is the producer of Usher's Year, and he did a lot of um, tracks for Janet Jackson, some for Mariah Carey, for the So So Def. Um, crew and I, I I'm honored to 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 be working with, with with someone like him he's a great musician an amazing producer um, we're working on two tracks right now and um, working on the album um, and also on two singles um, the first singles most probably will be called so dangerous um, that's one okay. of the tracks that I'm, that I'm working on with El rock um, so yeah, we're we're rocking and rising right now. Like you know, just working a lot, um, placing a lot, and and making our way through Atlanta and beyond. Yes, sir. Well, listen, I I want to thank you so much for taking the time to to join us tonight. You know, I I think the sky's limit for you. You know, very talented guy, and uh, I know so we'll be hearing a, we'll be hearing a lot more from you uh, as upcoming. Uh, up in the in the future, in the future, definitely. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anything you want to tell the uh, listeners here in Atlanta and, and uh, listeners, we have listeners uh, worldwide. Anyone, you, anything you want to tell them about you? Here you go. It's on me, right? Okay. Um, I just want to um, give a big shout out to my management, Dilworth PR, and Full Circle the Dream Team Cream um, that I have here in Atlanta. Um, a big shout out to my family back home who's always been there, always supported me, my three brothers, Julian, Kim, and Lenny, my beautiful sister, Angie, um, my parents, my crew at home, my home base, my music studio, Brownie, Nick, 
Kevin, my whole band, um, everybody that I missed out, um, you know who you are, and I appreciate your love and support. We are rocking and rising right now overseas, all over the world. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, and all the best. Thanks. All right. And if more information about Kareem, uh, please visit our Facebook page, or you can go to soundcloud.com. And, uh, he's on there. There's a link on our page. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Steed and Night Talk Show on EOTM Radio. You're listening now. You're listening to the Steed and Night Talk Show on EOTM Radio. The Steed and Night Show, Monday night. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Before we go into the playlist, I want to uh, read some of the responses from the question of the day. The question, excuse me, the question was, what do you think should be done uh, to the Los Angeles Clippers owner Donald Sterling in retaliation of his racist rant? And Angela said, old mindsets are infectious. We must do all we can to undo the harmful effects of racism. Uh, he should sell his team or all the players should boycott, not play until the team is re- reassigned. Sterling needs a power balance. He needs to be made the minority. Uh, Will said he should be he should be provided with sensitivity training just like any other managers, uh, then arrange outreach to disadvantaged groups to provide service, scholarships, et cetera. The commissioner can make it happen. Sterling is not the first and won't be the last. He needs to give Biggest, we need to give biggest the tools to create diversity mindset. Uh, for future, for the future, it should be a requirement for any prospective owner to participate in diversity awareness training and sign a MOU pledging fairness to all base of race, gender, religion, to all protected groups. And then he goes on. Uh, see, Nathan says, boycott all products and games of the Clippers, boycott the companies that support the Clippers, cut off the share of funds from the NBA um, and suspend him for life, being that he is 80, might not be too long. And then Teddy said nothing. If we, black people, do nothing, nothing should happen to him. Uh, N-word ain't got no fight in his belly. He quoted from uh, 12 Years of Slaves. And uh, there are more, but we'll go on to the playlist. <laughs> um, thank you for those who did weigh in on the question of the day. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. But now it is time to go on to Steven's playlist, which you know we receive music from people all over the country who want to be featured in this segment. Each week we select artists to play on our playlist. And remember, if you're, well, if you're interested in being on the playlist, please email us at the Steven Nice Show at gmail.com. Attach one or two songs, your bio, and one or two promotional pictures. Remember that all songs must be edited for radio, meaning no curse. We definitely look forward to hearing from you. I'm going to start running my mouth, then get it started, check it out, and enjoy Steven's playlist. I need a girl to cuddle, wear the shirt to him, do it with a tongue, no teeth, hang with the guys, hang with the girls, stay up all night, no teeth, hang by the bar. Baby, 
I might be leaning, but I bet I won't waste it. Give me one more bet, I won't waste it. Everybody in here getting wasted. Me. 
Stop loving you, hey, loving you, hey Girl, I want to 
get it, get it, give me, give me some, baby. Don't stop, get it, get it till we get it done. She swear I'm the one, she swear I'm the one. I'm all in her head like a hair getting done. Baby, need me like she need air in the lungs. Love it when I write my name in the air with my tongue. Freaky mommy so fly that she hover yeah. Only chick other than my mother who could call me by my government. Real talk, I be thugging it, she be loving it. I don't need a gun, bang, I'm a son of it Had a lot of chicks, but ain't none of them live That sitting right when it's in that designer Shit, my shorty's a rider, yeah, my shorty's a rider If I pull a drive-by, I'd be the getaway driver
girl, I'm on my way. Entrepreneurs on the moon, reshaping life for a better tomorrow. 